Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Mike Ostrowski. He's the Director of Athletics at North Broward Prep School in Coconut Creek, Florida. He's also very active with our state association as he's a member of our FHSA Athletic Director Advisory Committee. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Jake, uh, very happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to a, to a good conversation. Well, as you know, the uh, life of an athletic director is very busy, so we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners uh, have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and maybe how your love of sports helped lead to a career in athletics. Well, uh, you know, I'm actually from northeastern Pennsylvania. I grew up in an area between Scranton and Wilkesbury, a, a little town called Avoca, Pennsylvania, which is population of around 3,000. I feel I got to give a shout out to that every time I get an opportunity to because it's not as well known. But um, anyway, I grew up in, in that town there uh, and, and played sports, obviously, growing up throughout my uh, um, elementary school, middle school years, and then obviously into high school, uh, rounded into a, a three-sport guy, uh, played uh, golf. I actually ran cross country for a few years, uh, and then, but basketball and baseball were my two primary sports at that time. Um, you know, I did uh, had a good fortune of going to a smaller um, Catholic high school um, called Seton Catholic. Uh, I think I had uh, earned 12 letters at that time uh, while I was there, so had an opportunity to do just about everything, which was great. Um, but you know, really, really developed a love for sports as a as a young kid, and then continued it. You know, it was fostered through some good coaches and uh, along the way, um, and then after. I had an opportunity to go on and play some college baseball. Um, I went to um, East Stroudsburg University, uh, which is a Division II school in the uh, northeastern part of Pennsylvania, in the Poconos region, uh, plays as part of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. Uh, so I had an opportunity to go there and, and play baseball and um, graduated there with a degree in secondary education uh, with a um, concentration in English uh, and realized when I was a sophomore, I think, uh, in college, uh, that my coach said, you're going to be, you could be a good coach someday. So I figured out at that point, I probably wasn't going to get drafted and, uh, and realized that maybe I should start looking at some different things. So um, looked into the educational component primarily because I, I wanted to coach. Um, and I knew I, I did say that all joking aside, I wanted to get into coaching. So um, when I, when I graduated uh, from East Stroudsburg, I, I had an opportunity to teach in inner city Philly for a little bit as part of a co-op, pro, a co-op program um, and, and had a really good opportunity uh, to do that and learn a lot of different stuff that I hadn't experienced before in my career. 
Um, and then shortly after that, you know, had the opportunity to, to, to get into a full-time position as, a, as an English teacher um, and a baseball coach and coached about six other sports, you know, like everybody else did as we yep. first started out. So, um, so that was the fun part of it for sure. What, uh, what were the factors that brought you from Philly down to Florida? So it's, you know, Philly was, uh, I was there for just that short period of time for that kind of one year as I was doing the co-op program. And then I moved into um, in, in a different part of Northern Pennsylvania, right on the New York border um, near Binghamton, New York, the school district was called the, the Blue Ridge School District. So anybody who drives that way will know Interstate 81. Uh, it's a pretty big highway that goes right through there. And um, I, I, had, I was there for five years um, and had coached some really good teams, had, had, in my opinion, at least built a pretty solid program. And um, you know, but was looking into the administrative side of it um, and, and, and seeing what that was going to look like for me and always had, had set my, my sights on maybe looking to move out of the area and try some different things. So uh, I was doing summer camps, uh, actually traveling around the country with a group called America's Baseball Camps. Uh, and one of the camps had brought me to uh, the, the southern part of the United States where I had met with, with uh, a gentleman at the time who was the athletic director um, at North Broward Prep, a school that I'm actually at now. Um, his name is his name is Danny Haney, and it was, he's actually been involved in the state of Florida for a period of time as well. But um, I met with him, and, and he had a, uh, shortly after that offered me a position to be an assistant AD and coach uh, baseball and golf and anything else that he told me that I wanted to, because I think he felt I could be a valuable component. So um, I took that position, uh, moved to Florida. That was back in 2006, um, and so I was here at North Broward for a year at that time, um, and then had an opportunity to move. Um, to, a, to Nevada, believe it or not, because our, uh, our school, uh, North Broward Prep, is, is part of a larger group of schools. Uh, and so at the time, they were, um, they were acquiring different schools and, and you know, the, the conglomerate was getting bigger. So um, I had the opportunity to go take over as, in, as the head AD at a school in, in Las Vegas, uh, where I was out there for, for three years, uh, and then was, had another opportunity to come back to another sister school uh, near Orlando called Lake Mary Prep. Uh, and I was the AD there for four years. Uh, and then coming full circle, um, a, a gentleman uh, who's my boss now is our head of school now, was actually the assistant head at that time. And when they had an opening for an athletic director, he sought me out and asked me if I would come back to, to North Broward Prep. And so um, that was uh, going into my seventh year here back at North Broward Prep in this capacity now. Well, I didn't uh, realize that our, uh, our paths crossed just a little bit there. I was uh, in my final two years at Coral Springs Christian. Uh, I was six oh seven before going down south to Palmer Trinity. So uh, uh, just down the road for me a little bit, you know, we just, probably played just, a couple games. I'm sure we did. Yeah, I know we had played the, I played those guys at that time. But it, it was interesting because when I first got to South Florida, you know, I'm, I'm coming from uh, Philadelphia for a little bit. And then really like uh, the, the biggest economy piece, I guess, in northeastern Pennsylvania growing up was coal mining and, um, you know, stone quarries and farming and stuff like that. So when, when you come down from there into South Florida, it's a completely different world. And so for that year that I was here, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, I just probably went to the beach a lot and looked around a lot. I wasn't doing so, as much as I should have been for certain. But, uh, you know, I think having that opportunity to, to have been in a few different places uh, has really helped guide me uh, into, into what I'm doing now and into a lot of the things that I try to incorporate into our athletic department here at North Broward Prep. Mm. I know uh, ex exactly how you feel. We, uh, my wife is a career teacher and coach, and we were both born and raised and spent about uh, 10, 12 years uh, working in uh, Oregon. And so, uh, you know, moving around the country and ending up in Florida, it's certainly different, but it's, it's great to have that perspective of having lived someplace else. 
Um, in our profession, we talk a lot about leadership and mentorship. And uh, we're always curious, who are some of the mentors uh, that really had an impact on you, either, you know, coaches or teachers uh, when you were younger or, you know, people that you've worked with or worked for? That's an excellent question. Um, it goes back, I think, to your roots, and, and I think it always does. So my, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of my family members growing up uh, were, were really encouraging and were really um, behind me. Um, I had a really good relationship with my grandfather, my mom's father when I was growing up, who, um, you know, came to a lot of my events and really supported me and, and put me in good positions, I think, to continue to play and, and be around it. Um, and then as I kind of, you know, obviously when you get older, I had a great Little League coach. Um, uh, who I can remember, his name was Joe Fritz. Um, and, and, and Joe was just really the kind of guy that that wanted you to succeed. And it was clearly a volunteer job at the time. And I, and I look back at him now at, at the time and effort that he put in. Uh, and I said, geez, I, I hope I could someday have, a, have enough time to do that. I don't know in our profession if I'll ever get it. Um, but he, you know, he, he put a lot of effort into that. So that was big. And as I moved into high school, I had some really good coaches. And my, my college uh, coach was solid. Um, and I, I think I picked up pieces from every one of them. Um, in terms of uh, once I got into being in my professional career, uh, my uncle had also worked in education at the time, and he was a, a head of school um, for a private school, and, and I had spoken to him quite, you know, quite a lot about what that's like and the difference between coming from a public school um, to a private school and working in that environment, what that would look like, and um, I still kind of lean on him for those types of questions today, uh, you know, and all the things that we do. He's retired now, but uh, still provides me uh, some really good insight into that, so um, and really, and I, I won't say it because he's my boss, but, but our head of school right now, uh, uh, Bruce Fawcett, and, and our previous head, who uh, still works within our company, um, uh, uh, that owns our school, is called Elise Ekoff. I, I've learned a lot from them and just how to guide from the administrative side. And so, you know, I think you, you pick up pieces from everybody that you're surrounded by, um, and you kind of make that into who you are. Um, sometimes you learn what you want to do, and sometimes you learn, you know, what you don't want to do. And I think that that really makes you... Uh, the type of leader that you want to be. So uh, I'm still learning, obviously, like the rest of us every day, and I'm still trying to pick up things and um, surrounding myself with, with colleagues like yourself and others who I, I pick up from. Um, I think that's really helpful as well. Let's talk a little bit about North Broward Prep. Um, you know, uh, our schools, you know, your school, my school, you know, we all have uh, those uh, programs that, you know, they seem to have uh, that coach in place. It's been there for a number of years, and it's, a, it's not just a team from year to year. It's a program. Um, what are some of your marquee programs uh, in North Briar Prep? Or, and what are some of the programs uh, that maybe you have um, had a hand in help developing uh, since you've been there? Yeah, we've always had really solid programming in, in many areas, uh, I think. And, you know, we're in a competitive area or a competitive region across the board. South Florida always is, uh, is competitive in a lot of the different things we do. You know, one of the interesting things that I inherited when I came here and I never had before was an ice hockey program. Um, and it's not part of the FHSA, so it's not a mainstream sport necessarily. But I inherited an ice hockey program that had been largely successful. And um, because of the way that the programming was done, we were one of the few places in the state who had, had really done that. Uh, so that was a unique thing for me to see. And that program still continues to thrive, which is, which is fun for me to watch it develop. And, um, you know, we've, we have a really, really strong, currently, um, our baseball program, our, both our boys and girls soccer programs, our track and field program, uh, our boys basketball program has, has had some really good years recently. Um, and then we've got a few really good sports 
uh, in our golf program last year under the was able to qualify for the for the state tournament which was a big piece for them and you know watching the one of the things I think I'm proud of is watching some of the numbers of some of the individualized sports that we have um, you know continue to increase and getting more kids involved in whether it be cross country or swimming um, track and field has really really expanded for us uh, I want to say you know and we, we've got a tremendous coach um, his name is John Garrish who's who's helped grow that program from you know, around 30 students when I got here to probably around 100 right now. Um, and so he was a he was a big piece of that. But, um, you know, I'd be remiss to say all of our programs, and if any of them I haven't mentioned and they're listening, um, I've tried to go through my list and make sure I'm looking at them. But, you know, everything that we do, our girls' volleyball programs, our, our lacrosse programs are on the rise. And, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun to watch that develop. Yeah, you got to make sure you mention, uh, you know, all those teams. Um you know, our schools are, you know, both private schools, uh, you know, academic based. Um, you know, we have certainly been blessed with uh, some successful athletic teams. And I think one reason uh, is that the vast majority of, of our head coaches in my school, uh, they're teachers on campus. Uh, and I think that adds a tremendous value. What is your uh, percentage of, you know, on campus, let's just say head coaches versus uh, off-campus coaches. Yeah, that's a great, and that's a really, really great point. Um, and I, I found that with consistency and your head coaches is obviously going to build your program success. And uh, we're probably sitting in the 60 percentile range right now, where 60 percent of our coaches are head coaches, or I'm sorry, our full-time staff members on campus. Some of them are part-time members who will come in and teach a few classes and, you know, specifically to do some things like that. Um, but it, the more you can have that structure where you have your head coaches and as many coaches as possible on your campus, I feel the more uh, continuity you're going to have, the more consistency you're going to have, and, and the more that students can interact with their, with their mentors or their coaches throughout the course of the school day is, is really positive. Uh, so it's been, it's been a, a thing that we're, you know, our administration has been really big with working with us on that um, and in looking to staff our school with members who are both academically talented to teach in certain areas and also going to be able to provide that um, extracurricular uh, assistance for us in other areas. So we're, we're continuing to progress in that direction. I'd say our percentage has probably increased by 10 or 15% over the last few years. Yeah, you, you definitely have to have support from the admin. And, and hopefully, as you said, the pendulum is starting to swing back, uh, at least to when, how it was when I was in school, where, I mean, if, if you didn't have off-campus coaches. You know, it might be a, a stray dad or something, but, uh, you know, the teachers were the coaches, and they coached more than one sport, too. Uh, let's go ahead and um, talk a little bit about COVID. It certainly has had an impact. Um, I'm always curious, what were some of the things that you did at North Broward Prep this past spring when it first hit uh, with your kids, with your coaches? And uh, as you and I know, um, the response in Florida to reopening is uh, varied, uh, to say the least. But just looking at North Broward Prep, where are you all at with regards to reopening and, and currently uh, fall conditioning? Yeah, so, you know, when everything kind of first started happening in March, um, we were actually on spring break. And so some of our students, you know, were already, uh, you know, spring break for us a lot of our students travel some of our teams will, will play but but very few you know most of our students are, are off for that week the week we designate off for our school uh for a lot of a lot of different things but uh, so most of our teams were are out that week and we didn't return essentially after that point to in-campus learn or to on-campus uh, learning for the rest of the school year so um, some of the things we really promoted early on and 
again, going back to our strength and conditioning program that we offer uh, was to involve our students in that. Uh, we kept our students engaged using these, these type of platforms, Zoom and, and, and certain things like that. Um, we, we did a lot of personalized one-on-one -on -one meetings with our students and, and their parents if they wanted to be involved. Uh, typically, one of the things we, you know, we've implemented for our varsity teams is to do exit interviews. Um, so we still conducted all of those once we realized the season was gone and, and, and put together, you know, films for some students that needed it in some of the sports that, that was, we were able to do. Uh, you know, fortunately for the seniors that were going to be going out and playing college sports, they had already kind of, those decisions were made for the large majority. Um, but there were a couple of juniors, of course, that we're still trying to work with to help them get where they're, they're going to go. Um, one of the things I felt that our school did well was the online learning piece. Um, we had spent a lot of time in February prepping our teachers and, and our professional development went to online learning in case we had to go there. Um, uh, our school has a boarding program as well, uh, which we have roughly, um, last year we had 300 boarding students that live in the boarding program and um, probably 85 to 90 or more, probably 90% or more are, are international. Uh, and so we had some students that were coming back from some of the affected countries and in January and February, and we started learning what that might, what that might look like. So we, we did prep our teachers and did prep our coaches in case we need to go that route. So um, I want to say we responded as well to it as we could have. Um, I'm certainly uh, in hindsight, when you look back, you always think there's a few things you probably could have done a little differently. And maybe in that last game when we thought it was coming, we could have had a senior night, you know, we, we, we started looking back at some things we could have done, but um, you know, as, as we move into now, uh, I still think we're really prepared. Um, as, as you well know, and every administrator listening to this well knows, it's a lot of time and effort have gone into developing many different plans that we'll likely never use. Um, and, and that's okay, because I think it's, it's part of the process to get to where you need to be um, and, and to, to keep your communities safe, active, and, and still involved. So uh, for us, you know, the South Florida is a little bit different than maybe some other parts of the state. And, and you know, how we're approaching it is going to be um, maybe the same, maybe it's different. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure at this point, but you know, we still haven't made a full decision on exactly what as of today, you know, which is uh, Tuesday, August 4th, we haven't made that exact call on what that is going to be. And uh, we're scheduled to start back to classes on August 24th. Of course, our goal would be to start back in some type of an in-person model, but we're going to continue to follow everything and, and make decisions that's the best for our community. Um, and so in terms of sports, um, you know, we've been on the pause button, really since there. We, we've been doing virtual workouts throughout the summer, um, but our student athletes, unfortunately, have not been able to be on campus based on where everything has been. And we, as soon as we were just ready to start bringing them there, the, the spike kind of happened again. And uh, so we kind of had to hit the pause button on that, uh, on that bringing them back. So our desire um, is, you know, around that August 24th time to start back with that conditioning. Um, and depending on what the decision of the, the state is in terms of what our season will play will look like, we'll, we'll look to make decisions at that point. Yeah, it's it's definitely challenging. I was talking with another AD recently, and uh, they made the comment, and they're absolutely right. You know, um, athletic directors, uh, superintendents, you know, we're, you know, problem solvers. We're decision makers. And it's frustrating that there's still so much unknown and, and that, uh, you know, we can't make these decisions. Uh, so it's counterintuitive to how we, how we operate. Um, I think I read before you move. I think I read something actually. And it might have been a retweet from you or somebody that I put on social media that just talked about no matter what decision you make, there's going to be a percentage of everybody that feels this way, a percentage of everybody that feels this way, and and so on and so forth. And um, and that's the facts. I mean, that's just a fact right now. We're gonna we're gonna continue to, to make the best decision we possibly can for as many people as we can. But it it likely still isn't gonna um, 
not everybody's going to agree with it. Uh, no, it, it's amazing how many people have become uh, infectious disease experts uh, when you look at uh, you know, some of the online posts. But uh, you're right, you got to do what's right for your school. Um, next, uh, next topic. Uh, this past spring, uh, nationwide, uh, we saw just uh, such an increase in the awareness of uh, social issues, you know, social justice, social injustice. Uh, I'm curious as to your take, what are some things that we can do in our profession as athletic directors uh, to do a better job with our kids and our coaches and our community um, in this area? You know, and it's a question that I think we've all asked and, and we've had conversation within our, our staff meetings from an administrative level to a coach's level to a, with our students level. And, you know, one of the things we've done and I've really started to do is, is just listen um, more so than anything else and, uh, and and start to figure out maybe where are some of the areas that we're missing and, and some of the areas that we can improve on. So uh, we have a student athlete advisory board that we formed at North Broward. Um, about six years ago when I came into play and, and they, I believe they even had something in place prior to that. Um, and so taking the, the feedback from them, uh, we have a couple of, let's say task force, but a couple of uh, groups on our school that work directly with this and, and uh, speaking with, with many members of that. And you know, one of the things we've done well at our school, um, and it's based on the boarding program, is we, we have so much cultural diversity to begin with and having the international pieces here. Uh, so we've been able to lean on to those students and family members and, and people to ask you know opinions and get people's information and, and start to be able to formulate a plan to help us in some of the areas maybe where we're lacking uh, so you know it's still something that we're, we're, we're working on um, and, and hoping to be able to put ourselves uh, and help our students continue to, to educate themselves and our and our faculty and our community at large to be honest but it's 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 a listening to some of our our conversations and, and just going that really gives me insight and, and really i think gives all of us insight into some of the areas where there needs to be attention and there needs to be improvement. Oh, that's great stuff. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. You know, what are some of your favorite uh, parts about being an athletic director at North Broward Prep? Uh, what gets you excited each day to come to work? Yeah, number one is the gear. I'm a Nike guy. No, I'm just, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I honestly think that uh, the best part of my job, and I would be remiss to omit some of this. So, um, as you know, in a private school, a lot of the time when you're involved, you know, it's a family affair. So um, my son goes to school here, um, being on our campus and being able to take him. He's, in, he's a fourth grade uh, aspiring baseball, basketball guy. Um, but, you know, bringing a, being able to get him a, on our campus and being able to see him at different points, even after his school is done, is, is a big piece for that. That excites me to have him as part of that community because our um, similar to a lot of private schools, I know our, the elementary school, middle school, high school are all on the same campus. So. You know, that's a big piece that excites me. But in, in, in terms of the job uh, itself, um, and I should say before I forget, my wife also works here as well. So I'm excited to see her uh, in that capacity as well. <laughs> good, um, good call there. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, you know, the, from the working standpoint, I, I just I feel we have an unbelievably gifted group of coaches um, and uh, athletic administrators that I work with on a daily basis that really helps me do my job effectively uh, and it helps make my job enjoyable. Um, that's that's piece number one. Um, if you if you come to work and, and you don't have the relationships that we've built, I imagine it would be a lot different. Um, and so we've spent a lot of time in my six years and going into my seventh year and you're, uh, now here on just building that team and, and not necessarily 
going after the best coach that might be available, but going after the best fit for our team and, and for our school and for our program. Uh, and, and as we kind of, you know, we've had a lot of people who've been here for several years now. And so our retention rate has continued to increase, which is fantastic. Um, but when we do have those openings, really targeting the right person who's going to be a fit for your community. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, watching the student athletes continue to grow and develop. Um, and, and there's no real one or two there. They're about, that's a tie, I guess you could say, because it's, um, that's, that's a huge piece of it for us. And to see a student come in and, and in a school like ours, and I'm guessing yours as well, you know, sometimes you could see those students from the fourth grade or sixth grade level and, and to watch them continue to grow and, um, and then have senior night and, and sign on signing day and um, do all those things or to win a, a district championship or whatever it might be, you know. And you remember back to those days and they were in the enrichment class after school and, you know, you watched them do things. So um, that's a really, really fun piece of it for me. And, and that's what gets me excited. Um, and for me, I, the passion for sports in my daily life, um, you know, it echoes who I am as a person. So um, I'm probably one of the, the more excited people in the, in the world that baseball is back and hoping it stays uh, as I watch the, as I watch it every day now and, and watching some of these things, because it's, that's a part of my life. And I'm sure many people's that was taken, that wasn't there for a while. That was, that was not around. And so I was, I was lost. I, I did develop some new habits. I've become a better fisherman and uh, bike rider. Um, but uh, you know, I certainly would, would certainly love to be out in the field practicing uh, with my son's baseball team and, and doing some stuff instead of The part you mentioned about the K through 12 school, uh, you know, we see that, uh, and I just think it's so cool, you know, not just the journey of, of one kid, but of siblings, you know, we've got a family at our school of three boys and they're each about two years apart. And just to see them grow, uh, compete with each other, cheer for each other. Uh, it's very cool. Well, Mike, uh, we've kind of come to the end. This has been great. Um, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. And uh, you're certainly an experienced AD now, and your task is to send a rookie AD out on the very first job. But I'm only gonna give you three items to put in their toolbox. What's gonna go in Mike Ostrovsky's AD toolbox? Yeah, this is a great question. And this is the challenge question, right, that you put onto somebody to help see what they're thinking about. So um, I would say in the time frame that we live in now, ear pods or AirPods, whatever they're called, because then you could still zoom in. But uh, I, I think if you, if you look in the overall, um, if you look at the overall perspective of what this job, how this job has evolved, um, you know, throughout, throughout the course of time, um, and I'm, I say the course of time, but throughout the course of my career, um, it's it certainly shifted. So um, the technology piece has become such a big part of it. And I think that the communication piece has increased more than I've ever experienced before and, and the volume of that. So uh, if you're to take three things in your toolbox, one is going to have to be, um, one is going to be some type of a device that allows you to do all of those things, because you don't want to waste two devices. So, you know, one device that allows you to um, to communicate and to use all the technology that you need to. So I think, you know, you'd have to go probably with some type of a smart device and uh, a phone or an iPad, because in order for you to be successful, you've got to be able to communicate effectively uh, and you have to be able to use technology right now. Um, the, the second piece that I think every, every AD needs to know is what makes them the most comfortable and, and how they, you know, how they do this. So a, a Rolodex of 
people that you can kind of go through. But you can also save that in device. So that might go back to my first tool. So you save all the Rolodex and the contact numbers there because I, I think you have to lean on others. Um, and I think you, you get into this job and, and sometimes you feel like you're just in an isolated area. And there, there are other people out there who understand what you're doing, you know. Um, you, you can recall this a few months ago, I reached out to you and said, JK, what, how are you guys thinking? And, you know, through this process, we formulated those, those new relationships. Uh, so I think you have to be able to reach out to others, have those, have those open dialogues and, and build a network of people, um, you know, that, that's going to drive you, uh, into the direction to help you continue, you know, continue to help you be successful. Um, so for me, uh, I also think you got to pack a, I think you definitely have to pack a, a box of granola bars. Uh, or of cliff bars or something like that, because there are a lot of nights that you're not going to get the meal um, that you want. So you got to have some type of a meal replacement order in there. So I, I think that's, that's a really big piece. And, and probably the third one, and I, I, I say this with a, I say it as honestly as I can, I think you have to have um, something that, that is an alarm clock that reminds you all the time of things that have to happen. And so maybe that goes back to the technology piece, but um, you have to be able to be organized and you have to be able to understand hey this is going to happen this is going to happen and sometimes when i look at my calendar as i'm sure you do yours there's there's not there's not a block open um but if you've scheduled it efficiently and done it the right way you can get through everything you need to get through in a day and still be successful and still have that, that personal time to interact so um to me you know i think there's a couple of different devices that satisfy all of those maybe it's one maybe it's two or maybe it's three but um, I, I think that they're all pretty valid points to help us be successful. Um, and again, in the initial phases, the new AD, when you come in, I go back to it, who do you reach out to? Who do you help? We all have the mentors, as you mentioned, of people that have probably done this job at some point in the past, but you know, who are your go-tos? I, I can name my, you know, I can name 10 right off the bat. And there's people that I speak to, you know, locally every day are, are you know, ADs that are at rival schools, nonetheless. And that's even before we got into this COVID thing. So we, we bounce ideas off of each other and, um, you know, Ryan Smith at Benjamin School, Jeff Johnson at Pinecrest, Craig Ashley at St. Andrews. There's so much knowledge there. Um, none of uh, Chuck Sennett at Miami Country Day. If I don't say him, he'll, he'll get upset with me, I'm sure. But no, he's, uh, and, and, and also some other ADs that I talk with as well. But, you know, I talk to those guys just about every day, um, even in a normal time frame where we're not in, in a pandemic. And um, it's very helpful to be able to rely on and, and to lean on others and to know that there's people that feel the same way you do and that there's a support system there. Yeah, I mean, it's great advice, and I think the, the networking piece is, is so key. Uh, uh, coaches, you know, I think coaches tend to hoard secrets. Athletic directors are just the opposite. You know, we, we want to tell everybody, um, you know, best ways and best practices. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure listening to you. Again, we're going to be talking soon uh, on ADAC. So uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Jake, thanks for having me. Uh, anything I could do, and if there are any other ADs in, in this area that are listening out there, um, please look me up and, and I'll certainly, you know, help in any way that I can. And um, I think we'll have an interesting uh, ADAC meeting here coming up. So I'm looking forward to, to that conversation and, and really uh, what the rest of this is going to look like for us. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. There's no question about it. Thanks again, Mike. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's Educate, Ath, D-I-R, and F-I-A-A on YouTube. Thanks again for listening.